Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Shalom from Sydney. This is the holiday Jewish people call Chag Sukkot, the Festival of Tabernacles. What is that all about anyway? Stay tuned. Joining me for this, Bob's Your Uncle Podcast Season 1, Episode 32 of Note the Opinions Are Strictly My Own. You can now find us and comment directly to us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple iTunes, the list goes on, but I won't. We have a lot of topics to discuss, and even so, on the Bob's Your Uncle Podcast, you are part of the show. We do want to see and hear you, so send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. In the weeks to come, we'll talk more about pickleball more about music and Israel and this war that never goes away in the former Soviet Union. Let's see where the spirit takes us. Whether you're at home online, on the road with me in your headset at the gym, or out for your evening constitutional, wherever you get podcasts, that's where we will be. Thanks for being with us for these 18 minutes. Historical marker of the week on this date in history, 11 October in 1999, American basketball player Wilt Chamberlain, graduate of the University of Kansas, who was considered one of the greatest offensive players in the history of the game, died at age 63. The very next year, the year 2000, in a ceremony in London, the International Women of the Year Association awarded the title Greatest Woman Achiever of the Century, the 20th century, to Russian cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova, the first woman in space. And that's the historical marker of the week.
Friends, today I'm sitting and reading and recording today's episode on day two of the eight-day holiday in Judaism titled Chag Sukkot, or the Feast or Festival of Booths or Tabernacles. It features a booth built outside your home, just like I have, in which we sit and eat and read and ponder and look up and see the stars. (laughs) when the clouds are not in the way. Also featured are something called the four species, which include a palm branch, a lemon-like citron named an etrog, and a myrtle and a willow branch. Odd items, to be sure. And there's so many traditions they've grown up about this holiday, and that makes sense seeing that it's 3,500 years ago when the holiday was instituted by God to Moses and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. But before you think, oh no, not another Bible lesson, hang in there because we have a lot we're going to cover, we're going to unpack about this story, and it has a lot to do with you, right where you live and sit and eat and read and ponder where you are. First, we consider what the holiday meant to the Jewish people way back when, you know, when Moses lived. Well, in those days, before mobile phones and before the Coleman tents were invented, the people took whatever products they had available as they wandered in the wilderness, and they built huts out of that. They had been slaves only days before. Then God delivered them from Egypt, and now they were free, in inverted commas. They had no defined structure. They had a questionable history and a probably even more questionable future, and they had an 80-year-old guide and shepherd to take them to the land of promise, full of milk and honey. It was all so new to them. Their makeshift shelters had desert feel, and so in our modern days, we use makeshift shelters as well. Mine here has 12 cement blocks, three stacked on each corner of the cube. Inside each corner is a two-by-four, a piece of wood measures about seven foot high. On each of those corner pieces, I lay two by twos of about seven plus feet, forming a square and making the top, which is open, or at least it's supposed to be. And then I can see the stars <laughs> if, if the clouds ever move out of the way. I use one by ones to lay across the top and on which is placed various greenery from the neighborhood, from my yard, from the park. Bamboo shoots I get not far from here, and some fruit and carob is often hung. It's all to remind us that we were wanderers in the desert for 40 years. (laughs) 40? Last week here around town, uh, an older fellow wandered away from his home, no it wasn't me, and was gone for four days. He, if I remember right, had dementia and people were really nervous for him. People found him days later, and all is fine now, but four days wandering, that's tough. Now multiply that by a lot, and you get 40 years. Where were you 40 years ago? What has your life been since then? What what have you accomplished? What can you imagine about your life in four decades from now? Serious questions, to be sure. And one of those might be what you will ponder as you sit in your sukkah, or or mine, with me today. 
Some Jewish people in modern days in New York or Israel actually have their televisions in their sukkah. I'm not sure that's what the Almighty had in mind when he told us to dwell in them, you know. During those 40 years, their shoes never wore out, and God provided food for all the people using manna most every day. Four decades of provision, that's one of the big lessons of this holiday in these days of 2022, with all the uncertainty of COVID and rising inflation and global wars. I mean, if you're not seeing the news about Russia and Ukraine, <laughs> that's not the only place where there are battles going on. That uncertainty drives us to worry about, or at least many of us, to worry about provision. Where are we going to get our stuff I was in Ukraine and in Warsaw and Poland in April and May this year, and I was able to help provide, not because I'm so good, but I just want you to know that people were desperate for the stuff that I took over, and then we were able to purchase as well from Poland and take over to Ukraine, including petrol, including uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, and including beauty products and cheese and other foodstuffs. I mean, whatever we took. I worked in a place and we were able to, to give out diapers both to babies and uh, older incontinent people. There's, there's no end to the desire of people to be provided for. And as we sit here in the sukkah and we ponder the impermanence of life, after all, this lean-to is not exactly a superstructure, and it hasn't meant with safety and health regulations. It's only up for eight days. While we sit here in the impermanence of life, we reflect on God who permanently provides for his people. That's pretty remarkable, and something about which I now not only ponder, but causes me to rejoice. This holiday is called in modern days, Zman Simchatenu, the time of our rejoicing. Well, that makes perfect sense. If you understand that you've been provided for, <laughs> you're going to say thanks, or at least you should say thanks. Back in the days of Yeshua, so now 1,500 years on from Moses to towards us, but certainly a long time ago, two millennia ago, the Jewish people had a couple big ceremonies that took place on this holiday. Oh, there were lots of other things they did, mostly just gathering, and it was the ingathering. It was a harvest season. They brought their sheaves with them to say thank you to God for all that provision. But there were two ceremonies that arose that were featured there at the temple in Jerusalem. By the way, that temple no longer stands and the two ceremonies involved one, light, and two, water. Eh, basics of life, that makes sense. Well, in the one, they had these giant torches that stood high above the city of Jerusalem. Um, and they didn't use candles. They didn't use uh, what we might, electricity. No, they used oil and wicks. And the wicks were the discarded priests. <laughs> Sorry the discarded trousers of the priests. 
That's pretty remarkable. They were 22 meters high. I mean, this is, what, seven stories high. And so it would be seen not only in the temple district, but you'd see it all from, uh, from miles around. And that was to celebrate that God gave us his knowledge and his glory. I remember Solomon prayed at the, uh, at the Feast of Tabernacles when he dedicated the temple. And he prayed that the glory of God would fill the place and that all the nations of the earth would be drawn. Something about light and uh, being drawn, uh, that makes sense to me as I sit here in the sukkah. At, uh, when it's dark at night, tonight, maybe we'll sit in the sukkah and read and take our evening meal and we'll ponder and we'll imagine that there were big lights. I mean, we have electric lights on the highway just <laughs> just 30 meters from the house. The second ceremony involved water, and it was a giant water-pouring ceremony. Mind you, this is the beginning of the rainy season in Israel, and you know, it's a desert place all around the Middle East. So if there's going to be water, this is the time to pray for it. But that also means that it is the end of the dry season, and what water they did have well, you'd want it to last until the first rains. Here in Sydney and all around the state, we've had plenty of rain. We've got floods. We've had floods all year. But in Israel, it's not so. So they, they would pray, they pray this prayer. It's added to the liturgy daily, starting now in Sukkot. But the... Uh, the ceremony that they did on the last day of the great day of the feast, they, they would go down and process like a parade, and they'd, they'd take a pitcher, the high priest would take a pitcher, a golden pitcher, and fill it with water from the pool of Siloam down at the bottom of Jerusalem, and he'd take it and parade with the people and the trumpets and the palm branches, and they'd parade back up to the top there in Jerusalem, and He'd pour the water out and the people would yell, show your hand, and, and they'd celebrate in the Talmud. That's the Jewish interpretation book of the Bible says, if you haven't seen the water pouring ceremony, you don't know joy. <laughs> this must have been a pretty great event with the celebrations, of course, and the faith that God would provide. Well, against both of those, the water and the light, natural things, Yeshua stood up on the day, the last day of the feast. This is recorded in the biography written by his disciple named John, Yohanan. And he said, on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Huh, how do you like that? With that backdrop of the water pouring, he said, you really want water? You really want, are you thirsty? Come to me, I'll satisfy you. That's, that's chutzpah. You know, when you think about it, either Yeshua is the Messiah, like he claimed, or he's a mashugi. I mean, he's a crazy guy. Or he's a mashumad, he's a traitor. Those are really the only three options you can have about him. There's some great stories in the record of Scripture. But I don't want you to uh, think this is only a Bible lesson. This is a lesson for you. What are you going to do 
with the person of Yeshua? Are you thirsty? Are you looking for eternal life? Are you looking for the light of the world? Yeshua said, I am the light of the world. Not Bob, but he said of himself, I am the light of the world. I mean, there's there's so much abundant evidence of Yeshua's self-declaration. What do we do with that? See, it's not just a holiday where I build this strange cube and sit in it and eat my meals. And and I loved it. My grandsons helped me build it on the weekend. And and it's up. And it's. I, I think it'll last all eight days. <laughs> Everything I build leans. What are you doing? What are you thinking on this day as you ponder what has God done for you? Not just what has he done for me lately. What has he ever done for you? He's given you life. He's given you a chance to hear his word and to become his person. Well, that's what I want you to think about as I sit in the sukkah. I'm going to have friends over on Friday night. We'll have a, a Shabbat in the sukkah. That'll be a joy. I want you to have joy. I wish you that today and throughout your days. Do you have a comment or question? Do you agree with me? Hit us up on bobmendo at aol.com or on Twitter or Instagram at Bob's Your Uncle PC, and we'll read your views next week. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and share our podcast with your mates, your friends. Thanks for helping us get known out there. Next week, I want to be talking to an Orthodox Jewish rabbi and get his views on Simchat Torah, the celebration at the end of Sukkot. Wish me luck. I'm going to try to get one. And then don't miss out on that. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelssohn, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven, and Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney. <laughs>